0: And I'm Shane Kilkelly, and you're listening to General Intellect Unit, Uh, and today we are going to be talking about Shane's experiences at MetaForum, an organization and a conference uh, dedicated to extending... And preserving the legacy of Stafford Beer um, and specifically uh, Shane this year you went to uh, the 2018 conference of course the 12th Metaforum, Forum mm-hmm. uh, and this one was themed uh, redesigning freedom an experimental self-organizing conference exploring liberating new forms of social organization so uh, yeah how did how did that go uh, really, really well. It was uh, it was incredibly
1: cool, <laughs> you know. Um, yeah, it was. Oh gosh, it was, it was like three. You know, more or less three days of just nonstop kind of like mental stimulation and um, and sort of really just incredible sort of conversations with people. And yeah, I think the the big thing for me um, that coming away from it was just like. I don't know, confirmation that this isn't a set of like weird ideas we we read in a book. This is actually like real. <laughs> you know, like that other like it, we're not we're not the only sort of people that are aware of this. There's um got to meet people who worked with Stafford Beer directly, um, people who've been sort of working on stuff that was based on his work for the past forty years, and newcomers and everyone in between and just all sorts of weird different perspectives on this, um, on this one person's work you know it was it was really really sort of mind-blowing
0: yeah that's fantastic and uh you know this is sort of a follow-up for us on our episodes about the cybernetic brain um so listeners uh if you have not listened to the the second episode um of the cybernetic brain uh i think it was um yes and uh, that episode covers in depth uh, Andrew Pickering's sort of uh, summary of Stafford Beer's uh, life and work. Um, so, if uh, yeah, you want to go back and get some background, uh, you can go check that out, or you can just uh, keep listening to this conversation. Yeah, um,
1: I definitely I would recommend going back and having a having a quick listen to those. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, this um th- th- this this particular instance of the conference was. Um, I mean the title was Redesigning Freedom which was an explicit reference to um uh, Designing Freedom which is like a very short book that uh that Stratford published um and it seems to have been written towards the end of or at least the beginning of the sort writing was uh, towards the end of the um his experience in Chile. Uh, yeah, that's right. And a lot of the a lot of the 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 themes of the sort of thing like of the conference were focusing on this kind of like i guess sort of updating the ideas in that book to or, or updating those sorts of ideas to um to the 21st century and kind of like getting a bit of a, a grip on where we are at the moment um but also like there was there was just loads of uh talk about all sorts of aspects that the those sorts of theories like the um the viable system model um featured pretty heavily as well um but it was all kind of swirling around this um, this concern for like um you know the sort of the, the the sort of crisis that we're sort of in right now um you know facing this ecological disaster and the sort of um the apparent crisis of uh, of modernity like like what we were talking about in uh, in Pickering's book right like an um you know crisis of governance all this sort of stuff and uh, the need for rapid sort of change and like it was a amongst everyone there there was this like real you know strong desire to um to spread these ideas around and sort of um yeah, try to, try to save the world, essentially, I suppose
0: is one way of putting it, you know. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I feel like a lot has happened since our last recording session, you know. Like, uh, it's, there's been, I mean, to date this episode, it's being recorded uh, on November uh, 11th, uh, or I guess November 10th, and uh, <laughs> your part of the world. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Um, so, I think that, yeah, there's a lot to talk about there. Uh, so, so first of all, I, I'd kind of like to unpack this idea of, of updating, uh, you know, Stafford Beer's ideas for the 21st century. Uh, were there panels about that? Uh, were there uh, workshops? Uh, what, what sort how what sort of form did that take on? So the, the, the format for the um the the
1: three days was um, we had a, an initial sort of session late on Friday. And it was just a sort of get-together introduction, meet and drink sort of thing, um, kind of just, just kicking off the sort of conference. And then Saturday was um, kind of like a, a fairly sort of traditional or sort of non-traditional uh, bar camp or unconference sort of format where you had three three rooms booked out and um, like, a, you know, a, a board with just the time slots for the half hours and the breaks and stuff. And then in the, in the morning, we would all sort of propose uh, ideas for talks. And it was clear that some people came prepared with, like, actual slides and stuff. And some of them were kind of off-the-cuff um, suggestions. But you just sort of populated the board with sticky notes about, like, uh, sessions. And then um, we tried to keep it to, like, two parallel sessions where possible. And then a third one. So that there was, like, it wasn't too much stuff spread out. But, um... And then just people, like, uh, the the sessions went on throughout the day. And uh, people wandered back and forth as they pleased. Um... Uh, and then and then on day three, which is the thing we'll we'll probably save for the end of this discussion, but um, day three was um, a sort of um, hacked up uh, facsimile of the um, uh, teams integration format that uh, that that Stafford Beer um, invented, um, which was which was really cool in its own sort of right. But we'll we'll save the discussion of that for the end because it's like it takes takes quite a bit of explaining
0: to to get there you know um yeah um and again this is something that we we give some background on in that episode so go check it out because uh yeah it is it is a little bit of an involved process mm-hmm. um,
1: um but yeah that, that for the very first session uh, that i attended um, was um one that was yes uh Con- like concerned with like this 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 immediate sort of question of updating these sorts of ideas let me just check check my notes here um where the fuck is it um i took a lot of notes and um they're not particularly well organized but um <laughs> yeah so i mean yeah the the, the title of the, the initial uh talk was uh, redesigning freedom in the 21st century um and kind of going through like some of the Basics of the sort of theories, or like com- comparing the ideas that come up in designing freedom. Um, against sort of where we are now, like, um, you know, uh, Stafford describes, a, you know, a model for a viable society, like, uh, liberty machines as, like, social machines that produce liberty as their their output and all this sort of stuff, going over the sort of basics of, like, variety engineering um, and, like, the Ashby's law of requisite variety and stuff, and kind of asking the question, like, where are we now on all this kind of stuff? And the the outlook wasn't all that rosy, really, like, because it's, we're sort of we're sort of nowhere on, on a lot of this, this stuff. And, like, um, Stafford's ideas are less known now than they've ever been um, and are yet also m-
0: more relevant than they've ever been, you know? Um, right. And I, I guess if there's anybody capable of making that assessment, it would be the people at MetaForum, right? <laughs> yeah. And, like, I, I forget the, the name of this particular presenter, but she was, like, she worked with
1: him directly, like, um... She was one of the old timers that, like, I think uh, founded the Metaphorum. So yeah, I mean, they're they're in the best position to sort of judge this stuff. Um, but um, thankfully, like, there were a lot of newcomers as well. Like, I mean, there was a sort of weird mix of um, these these old timers who worked with Stafford Beer directly, and or and then another generation that were directly inspired by him. There was a couple of like academics in there. There was a couple of you know people who had been doing business consulting for the past fifty years, and so on and so forth. And then there was a bunch of new uh, newcomers. Including myself, right? Like, um, people people coming from the Agile world. uh, Like, there was a bunch of people there because, like, um, my uh, my employer sponsored the ticket to the event. um, On and my angle for for my job was. reconciling viable system model with agile or seeing if we can kind of like extend agile to be a bit better by using these ideas um i wasn't alone in that <laughs> like there
0: were a bunch of people there asking the same question um oh that, that's that's quite uh, interesting to hear yeah um i just wanted as a quick aside i want to ask kind of just as a from a sort of, like, worker's perspective, uh, were most of the people there uh, who were, you know, interested in sort of um, adjusting or modifying or developing the agile process, um, development process, uh, like coders or were they uh, project managers? Uh, what what did that look like? Um, I think, from what I can recall, mostly
1: project managers and such. Um, uh, or sort of coming in coming from the consulting angle or i think there there might have been yeah i can't really remember i think there was there were some people who were a
0: bit closer to the sort of i don't know implementation side or whatever all right so you 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 were the working class hero i understand yes yeah, so
1: i th- that was kind <laughs> of an
0: interesting thing right that like um
1: obviously if you if you read the primary primary materials like read stafford's sort of work and particularly his account of uh, of the stuff in chile like uh, workers control is obviously is an enormous part of what he was talking about and like the insistence that that um you need this kind of autonomy top to bottom i think like there weren't as many folk there who were coming at it from my sort of angle of the like workers movement sort of stuff but it was sort of implicit in a lot of what we were talking about which is sort of i don't know a tiny bit troubling in a way uh but also i don't know Kind of hard to hard to know what to feel about that, right? Like, um,
0: yeah, well, I mean, it's. Uh, it, I mean, it, it, it is certainly the case that uh, Stafford Beer had those uh, ideals, but uh, at the same time, Stafford Beer was a consultant, right? Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so I think <laughs> so, it was more of an audience sort of thing, uh, right? That like it was just it just happened to be made up sort of mostly
1: of those, but um, I mean, it, it was it was just sort of really interesting that um, that there was a thematic consistency with like. Um, you know liberty for all like this this thing about like you know social machines that produce liberty as their output, this sort of stuff we were obviously all sort of talking about the cyber sin stuff um but um again, yeah, sort of like a lot of it was sort of implicit rather than sort of explicit uh but i mean that's that's fine um where was i oh the the agile stuff um there was an interesting sort of angle that we were gravitating around that like the the agile stuff is um. Nice, but it's not based in any kind of like theoretical sort of work. Like it doesn't have a theoretical substrate beneath beneath it that you can use as a defense. So, so the agile thing says it it does say that like oh uh, workers workers should be autonomous and they should be left to their own devices, but it doesn't say why. Um, Right, which means that it's it's one of the first things to be knocked over when things get a bit tough for for the company right like that the yeah. the, the hard-nosed <laughs> yes. managers come in and say oh enough of this autonomy shit whereas i think a lot of the people there including myself like coming from this agile angle were very interested in, in seeing how you could use variety engineering vsm and a bunch of other sort of beryan cybernetics techniques to undergird those sorts of assertions and to say well you know, you need you need the autonomy because it's the only way of meeting uh, Ashby's law of requisite variety, right? Like, you know what I mean. Like, you, you can actually yes. use an essentially like information theoretic kind of um, mathematical argument to uh, to bolster
0: your sort of argument for uh, for this kind of organizational structure. Um, right. That I mean, that, that's really excellent to hear because you know, as as we were sort of um, discussing uh, earlier in our uh, conversation with uh, Andrew Pickering, mm-hmm. um, you know, agile. In a sense, was this kind of um, workers' uh, movement to counter alienation in the workplace, right? But possibly because it developed in workplaces, it may be a little bit under theorized, right? Um, it was prim- primarily methodologically oriented, and also there's just the the fact of like you know working in a capitalist workplace where uh, honestly stating your, uh, intentions and where you're coming from is, is, is difficult because you are un, under the, uh, you know, the surveillance and, and coercion of the bosses. And so, uh, having this kind of, uh, theoretical apparatus that developed in a different situation, um, uh, it may be, uh, really beneficial, uh, to, to bring into that conversation.
1: Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, I think it's uh, it's a really good angle and I'm kind of looking forward to exploring it a bit more. Um, more generally, I found that, like, I was coming away from the conference, I was just thinking about everything, in- including my job and, like, literally everything I looked at in terms of variety engineering. Like, I would look at a mm. dustbin in the airport and think, variety engineering, you know, like... Um, <laughs> which is maybe a sign of psychosis, but also, um, <laughs> I think, like, um, these are, like, even if you get beneath the viable system model to the kind of, like, um, you know, uh, Ashby's law, sort of stuff. Um, even those are like I think very powerful ideas that um, reframe uh, you know everything you sort of do as an organization. Um, and yeah, I think it'll be really nice to have that sort of stuff of like, oh, okay, but like, why why should you be concerned with X? Well, you know, it's a way of meeting requisite variety. You know, like having right. having that theoretical basis from which to to actually stand on on firm firm footing would be quite nice um mhm so yeah but that, that that was a side effect of just spending 3 days talking to people who knew what they were talking about right like i i could also clarify my thinking about the vsm and like i went in there and I was I was kind of woolly about what system 1 is supposed to be you know and then I, I got a lot of clarifying sort of examples of um from from people who had like been been applying these uh, these ideas in production over the
0: last um, last couple of decades you know um, right so um yeah, I, I guess I'm kind of interested to dig into that a little bit more in terms of sort of what the, what the, um, the learning experience was like for you at, at Metaphorum. Um, like, uh, where, where do you think you, you got the most benefit um, in, in, in that? And, and I guess as just like a background, like, what is the extent of your familiarity of the literature um, with, with what Stafford Beer wrote?
1: So going in, I had, I had, I had read the we we obviously read the cybernetic brain, and um, I had just finished reading, uh, brain of the firm, uh, before heading off on the flight. Um, so familiar with the sort of primary material, but also I don't think I quite got it. You know, in 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 some ways, like as as I said, it was kind of woolly on what precisely system one was supposed to be and in, in like you know i was just sort of lacking for some examples of it the benefit i thought was less from the sessions and almost entirely from the discussion and i think i, I sort of brought that up with the the organizers as well as a and i'll i think i'll we're 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 all sort of like trying to like continue the Metaphorum stuff online like try to get a slack going and that sort of stuff anyway but um and try to get collaboration going a bit more but um i think that'll be a bit of feedback for next year is actually maybe just more time for milling about chatting because like when you when you get to talk to someone who's you know actual you know management consultant business has been running for 30 or 40 years and um and they they use the these sorts of ideas um you know when they consult for microsoft for example you know um and you just get to just get a hang hang on what they're saying for an hour or two like that's that w- i found that immensely valuable because like they were just rhyming off example after example of um of applications of um
0: yeah and i mean oftentimes that is the 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 true value of going to a um in-person uh conference uh is is, the, is those conversations you can have um uh, so, I mean, yeah, that, that's, that's quite interesting. Um, I guess, uh, yeah, I would just ask, like, um, having had all of those discussions and seen the, those practical examples, um, are there any that you think would really stand out for the listeners?
1: Um, hmm, let me think. Um, there was one really interesting session. Um, uh, it was titled VSSM for a viable social mm-hmm. system model, um, and was basically making a co- making connection between Beer and uh, this other theorist, uh, Nicholas Lumen, who's um, apparently not particularly well-known uh, because he, he was German and uh, hasn't been widely translated. But um, the session was good enough that I, I pr- placed a pre-order for the imminent uh, English translation of his book. Um, Ooh book is called Organization and Decision or something like that um there were some just really cool sort of ideas that came up in there um he, I think Luman's whole trick was this like social systems theory um I'll, I'll see if I can uh, ferret out some like links to a Wikipedia or something about that because um be worth, um, you know, putting in the show notes for people to follow up on. But just, he, he had a sort of different framing. I think what the, the presenter was trying to get across is that these are, like, two lenses of spectacles. You know, that, like, you know, the viable system model is one lens and the social system theory is another lens. And you can, they're kind of complementary in some way. Just lots of really cool stuff about, like, um, uh, organizations as, like, self-referential collections of decisions. And then Lumman has a lot to say about, like, a sort of a theoretical... Notion of what what decision really is, and um, there was a really cool remark actually that there's um according to Lemon there's like a paradox of decision where we as humans only decide the undecidable, because if a problem is decidable it's calculable, and we we ask a computer to calculate it instead of ma- us making a decision you know so like um you know the square root of x or whatever is is decidable you don't you don't decide it as a human being you just sort of do the calculation, but that um. And this kind of ties in with Beer's notion of variety, right? That, like, um, our, our judgments are only ever applied to undecidable calculations. Like, um, that's a kind of important realization, <laughs> you
0: know? It's very important. Yeah. Um, uh, um, yeah, it, especially, um, you know, I, I feel like uh, there's it just sort of in the the churn of of twitter discussions or mm-hmm. of of, of, of uh, opinion pieces or whatever recently there's been a sort of like a lot of kind of mocking comments about how you know in in 2009 2010 everybody thought that the tech or the tech sector was going to save us and drag us out of the the predicament we had found ourselves in, in, in the wake of the crisis mm-hmm. um, and uh yeah, all that all that big data, all those fancy machines, all these algorithms, um, maybe ran into exactly this sort of problem that uh, you're you're highlighting here, which is that <laughs> decidable <laughs> problems are are not exactly the issue, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. They're um, if you can calculate it, it's, it's actually trivial. You know, that's the kind of problem. Right. Right? Um,
0: at least in at least in the, the late twentieth and, and you know early twenty first century, that's 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 true. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, um but so like that, that that talk the rest of the talk was like pretty crunchy um and so i'll i'll, I'll actually see if i can dig up the slides for a lot of these things cuz it'd be nice to link to them um but he he spent quite a while on this sort of notion of decision um and um there was this sort of um really cool notion that like um you know again that organizations are collections of decisions and that like um, the decisions available to you now are shaped by decisions that were made in the past and this sort of thing. And, like, you can kind of trace, a, like, a tech tree of decisions back in time. Mm-hmm. And just, mm-hmm. like, it, it, again, it was all sort of crunchy and very technical, but, like, you know, all this kind of, like, um, I, don't, I don't even know how to really describe it. It was just sort of mind-blowing to watch, you know, which maybe isn't so useful for the, <laughs> for the listeners, you know. <laughs> but um, I have ordered the book, so I'm going to see if we can, if there's maybe a chapter or two that are worth talking about,
0: if it if it turns out to not be simply impenetrable, um, then yeah, well, get that. I I think that would be very interesting um, to to take something out of that because you know uh, kind of referring it to the ideas of the viable systems model or the um, or or the discussions we've had about uh, Stafford Beer. Uh, would maybe be of uh, some practical value uh, to people listening um, in terms of their organizational work, um, You know whether that is uh, uh, something they're doing uh, professionally or whether it is just their uh, labor organizing. Yeah, so
1: that's actually reminded me of something in that, like, um, throughout the whole conference, there was this um, general vibe that everyone there wanted to, cross the chasm in a sort of way and start bringing these ideas more into a sort of mainstream kind of audience that like um we were sort of aware that like to, to kind of grasp the viable system model you need to you need to read a book that's thicker than my fist is you know like it's 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 kind of pretty pretty sort of narrowly stuff to, to get into um and yeah and i think i think part of that was like the, the sort of apparent pressure of this like ex- extremely short time span that we have left to kind of um you know alter the world for the better you know and and that ties in with the you know beer's theory of crisis and all this sort of stuff right that like um there was a a sort of a sense of a need for like rapid movement on disseminating these kind of ideas so i mean i think it'd be great to like bring this stuff more to um in fact i think what we we should probably do as a show is read um uh that book designing freedom and sort of try to try to couch it in terms of like um workplace organizing and the sort of um you know, the, the, the workers' movement, and, like, sort of start bringing those ideas there. Because there was plenty of talk in the conference of, like, bringing those ideas to businesses and work... Well, which I suppose is bringing it to workplaces. Um, that's one prong of it. But um, I have this weird feeling that um, the um, contemporary sort of workers' movements and the sort of resurgence of that, that movement could really benefit from uh, some of these organizational theories.
0: Um, yes. Uh, yeah, like, I, I think that that is absolutely something... Um I would also be on board with uh using this show for Mm -hmm. is to to help disseminate these ideas right to to get them out there uh to help popularize them um and uh especially for uh for workers um Mm
1: -hmm. there was also some um some interest in kind of collaborating to formulate a kind of um i don't know like like an equivalent to the agile manifesto you know what i mean like a the kind of like a sort of viable manifesto or whatever that you could write on the back of a cigarette packet. So there is, I think that that gives you some idea of the the vibe in the in the room, right? That like um, there was, because I mean there were there were plenty of um, so a lot of the some of the people there were sort of like of a sort of older sort of academic kind of bend, uh, but there was also plenty of energy for like actually kind of moving these sort of ideas outward away from the sort of. Um, this sort of uh, ivory tower and such um and just taking it making it actually do stuff um there was one other sort of really um cool idea that kept coming up as well and um, that of like autopoiesis which um for the listener's sake is the um the property of a system that like self generates or creates more of itself and the the opposite being allopoiesis i think which is like it, the inability to, or no wait where it creates more of something else so yeah like um We sort of circled around this notion of like the thing the thing that we're constructing the sort of new the new society this sort of alternate future or whatever needing to be a kind of parallel construction that is auto poetic that like creates more of itself and is is not rooted in reform of the present system those sorts of ideas were kind of swirling around and yeah like um I think that's really sort of crucial as well for um, for sort of, uh, you know, workplace organizing and the workers movement stuff that like whatever we do, the structures we create need to be things that are essentially viral, that they, they create more of themselves. It creates more of itself as it propagates rather than it mutating into some other kind of form. Um, but that's a that's a sort of a that's a that's an intricate sort of um, organizational engineering sort of trick to make something that is to to allopoetically create something that is autopoetic, <laughs> you know. Um, yes, yes. There was a lot of discussion around those kind of ideas um, of like, um, well, not so much ideas of how to do it, but like ideas ideas of it being necessary that like the um, the thing that's being constructed isn't a isn't a reform of the um, the previous system. It's a, a sort of a i think a sort of viral thing that like spreads and takes over um as the as the previous thing falls you know um
0: right it's a uh it's it's a kind of metamorphosis mm-hmm. that uh, is, is achieved autopoetically um yeah that's that's a very interesting idea um and uh would certainly be interested to dig into that more in the future um in terms of uh yeah, this, this allopoetic, allopoetic uh, engineering of autopoiesis. All right, well, uh, I think uh, I'd, I'd also like to ask you a little bit about the integration and, oh, yeah. and what that looked like and how that went. So the um, for the sake of the listeners who, who haven't less
1: gone back and listened to um, you know the Cybernetic Brain episodes, wink, wink, you really should. Um, but um, the team's integration technique was... Um, this way of running, essentially a way of running a meeting, uh, but a big meeting, you know, about, about very important things where um, you take what is it? You take 30 participants and you get them to come up with 12 topics or 12 kind of initial statements and you kind of map them onto an icosahedron shape because the icosahedron has 12 nodes and 30 edges. Like, um, yeah, these, these numbers are not arbitrary. No, it, it's, it's specifically to fit this geometric kind of shape um the idea is that in a given moment um the five edges that surround one node the five people convene on that node topic and then you discuss it and you have a like hour or whatever to kind of hash things out and then in the next sort of pulse you kind of like uh separate and then move to the other sort of topic so like i'll again i'll I'll post a link to an image of an icosahedron in the show notes because just to make it more clear but like each person is connected to two nodes, and they sort of bounce back and forth between the two topics they're connected to. The idea is that as these uh, you know groups convene and and disperse, ideas echo around the surface of this um, structure, right? Like this 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 geometric shape. And then as you as you do this a couple of times, like you go you go around maybe three or four times, eventually the ideas echo all over the place, and you're starting to refine the. The, the problem statements and are starting to integrate information that you're getting from the opposite side of the structure and all this sort of stuff and then you finish up by uh, producing some sort of, like, final statements or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. That is really expensive to run and takes a long time with a lot of supporting infrastructure. Mm. <laughs> so we couldn't do that. So what, what was the runtime for the process? For, for the process we did, it was um, from from 9 to 3, basically, like a six-hour thing. But this, this was an extremely hacked and cut-down version of this, where mm. instead of doing an icosahedron, it was a sort of triangular thing um okay. And again I'll, I'll i'll take a photo of my badge for this and put it in the show notes but um if you imagine like a triangle kind of like the triforce thing where it's like three triangles on top of each other like two on the bottom one on top the the, the initial setup is quite similar where you have the um you know people get into groups around a topic um so like if i, if I explain my position in this it'll maybe become clear of what was going on that like i was on the orange team which was three people, and we had a topic to sort of discuss. And then on our badge, it was like the top triangle was orange, and the for me the bottom right one was green, and the bottom left one was purple. And the thing was that you would go around this triangle, and you would – so the initial one is you're a participant, for the second one you're a critic, and for the last one you're an observer – so for the, for the first session, I went to the orange room and I was a participant. I was the person that was like, I was one of the three that were discussing the topic. For the second session, I went to the purple room and I was a critic of the purple participants. And then in the third, no, that was green. And then in the third one, I went to the purple room and I was simply an observer. And then we went around the, so that was, a, that was a loop around the triangle. And then we went around again three more times
0: um, okay so can you can you just speak a little bit to what uh, the the criticism and observation roles looked like? Yeah so the structure of each
1: of the sessions was that you had and this was very fast this was very sped up. you had seven minutes for the participants, three minutes for the critics, six minutes for the participants, two for the critics, and then a final two minutes for the participants to. Uh, wrap up and kind of write down the conclusion of the session. And the observers couldn't speak at all. Um, so it was, like, hyper-structured and very um, time-boxed. And then, so, like, you, you, were, you were rotating through these, like, sessions and through roles at the same time. And, and it had the same effect of ha- having ideas from different sessions echo around the triangle, essentially. So that when I was a critic of the green team, and I was sort of offering critiques of their idea and then I was an observer of the purple team I could then bring that back to the next orange session when we did the second tick of around the around the triangle um but everyone was doing that as well so it's like this this big shifting rotating sort of thing um and ideas are just propagating everywhere they're like they're flying all over the place and everyone's bringing each you know the second and third sessions they get to do as participants are all integrating ideas that came from uh observation and critique of the other things it was it was wild but it was very um
0: very fast you know um yeah uh it it sounds like uh the the pacing is is, is really quite uh, mm-hmm. quite structured and quite uh quite um speedy and so um I guess I have a couple questions about that. So, like, the first would be, um, can you give us, like, an example of where you started in a conversation and then where, you know, coming back to the conversation and how, like, the the process of going through criticism and observation um, affected your return to the to the original conversation? Um, yeah. So, I'm just kind of paging through my notes again here. So, like, for the Orange team,
1: we... No, sorry, going back way back to the very start, um, the sort of general question for the whole day was um, how should the metaphor make itself a viable system, you know, or something along those lines. And we all we all sort of came up with little sort of ideas and stuck them onto our chests with, like, sticky notes and then walked around and sort of convened with, like, you know, thematically similar sort of um ideas or you know if if everyone just decided oh actually that's a really cool idea we'd, we'd convene with that so in the in the orange group we i think started with the the statement that or no it was more like a question of trying to work out what the identity of the metaphorum is but like as as we hashed it out we sort of um integrated the notion that like uh, and i think this came up in one of the other sessions it was like it was an it was an aside when i was watching the green session that um for Stafford Beer he has this kind of like little phrase that the purpose of a system is what it does and uh and I think when when I was watching the purple uh, folks as well they were very concerned with like practice and like uh, practical activities and so on so when we came back to the orange thing we sort of realized that and it was interesting that the other two had had, had come back with similar vibes as well having moved around to different um different roles and teams but we sort of realize that actually asking about the identity of the metaphor isn't so useful because, again, the, the purpose of a system is what it does. We should instead be asking about what our primary activities are and, like, what we do and so on. So that's, that's an example of, like, starting with one idea, then doing the nomad route around the, the triangle and then coming back with, like, a actually quite a different perspective. Um,
0: right. Yeah, that's, that's very interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, I guess uh, my second question about the, the process uh, is, you know, given this, this sort of accelerated pace, um, what was your, uh, like, you know, as a, as a <laughs> mm-hmm. I have to ask this question as a sort of a, 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 a you know, filthy story game designer. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was your emotional experience of, 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 this, uh, of this process, of this, this sort of hacked disintegration?
1: Um, I find it in, in, it was initially very um, very exciting and very I don't know fulfilling to have this um, to have so much sort of information flowing at once and it not be blocked on you know um, a having it be a huge room with like seventy people and a chair you know a, like a you know the, the usual way that meetings are done um, having that not be the case and having us instead be split into these. Small groups that were also like keeping to a timetable and being very structured and about what we were doing and how we were moving was very kind of liberating because we, we could just get on with the, the task of discussing the thing in front of us and then allowing the critics there three minutes and then back to the thing and then move, move rooms and then this sort of stuff. Very, you know, a lot of information and a lot of ideas flowing very rapidly after about the third hour of that, it became kind of harrowing, <laughs> you know, um, and there was a visible drop in energy in this sort of room. And I, th- I think it could have, um, I don't know, like a, a better, a, a better format would be like if there was an hour break somewhere in the middle and this sort of thing. Like it was, it was a very hacky rush sort of job, but it was, that was fine because we weren't actually, I mean, we were essentially working on a toy problem, right? Like it wasn't, um, it wasn't like the, the life yes. of the company depended on it. Um but I, I, I kind of, from listening to the um, other sort of practitioners and the sort of old-timers, I got the impression that, you know, this integration is a very large-scale thing, and this is about as trim as it can get. Like, you can hack it down to the scale, and I, I think it could actually be extremely useful for a lot of organizations, but it doesn't seem to scale down smaller than that. Um, so a three person startup is not going to be doing anything with integration in the name um you know you're 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 talking minimum you know a dozen more than that actually you know to to make any kind of um substantial any substantial kind of like structure for this like it sort of needs it needs it needs a, a fair number of people and it needs a quite a bit of coordination and facilitation to to make it sort of work but then again the thing is that like it's not intended for small problems like the whole the whole point is that like um you're faced with a high variety scenario right like in the in the world and your your company or your your organization must come to some sort of decision about things and like this is a way of amplifying the variety inside the decision making process to match and because because this all and this is the thing that really sunk in for me this all comes back to variety engineering that everything you do in an organization every sort of activity you do has to be sort of rooted in this like Attempt to meet Ashby's law of requisite variety. Like that you're faced with this very high variety scenario, you yourselves, as a decision-making apparatus, have to be high variety also. And this doing this integration is a way to become high variety for a weekend. It's like apparently the the full thing is supposed to run for like three days with like a staff of dozens doing the um the facilitation stuff and uh, and keeping notes and and doing all that kind of thing. But um
0: well yeah. And I, I mean, I think one thing that is very interesting to me about this is that, you know, you're talking about how um, there's a certain amount of staff size, there's a certain amount of participant size that's required in order to, for this process to work. But oftentimes when we talk about sort of um, direct democracy or... Um, uh, very horizontal modes of mm-hmm. organization. Um, the complaint is that uh, well, this doesn't scale. Yeah, um, yeah. And and the interesting <laughs> thing about this integration is 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 that it doesn't scale down. It doesn't scale down exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah.
1: <laughs> I think that's that's something I've definitely come to appreciate about um, Stafford's ideas. That like um, he sort of rejects this dichotomy between vertical and horizontal. Right. Like he's um, much mm-hmm. more interested in recursive organism like as in you know like the in a very like cellular or kind of biological sort of way that like um the way that the way that actual viable systems in the world are structured is they're structured in this kind of recursive way that's like pretty hard to describe as either vertical or horizontal like it's it's almost Mm. a miss it's a misstatement of the question to to think of it in those terms um so yeah like i mean yeah you're right like uh, uh, one of the things about the direct democracy thing that's often it's a problem is that like it um you don't want everyone voting every 20 minutes on every little issue, you know, like at a nation scale, like you don't want to have your workday interrupted by like a little ping that says, Hey, what do you think about this issue? You know, that's that sort of thing. Um, yeah, <laughs> I think, I do really think that like these, um, these organizational structures, uh, are a vastly better way of conceptualizing collective decision-making of having this like recursively cellular kind of, um, structure for for uh, and and then where every everything that you're doing is on a appropriately
0: sort of human scale right and uh how did you feel about the 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 results of the process um how, how did that uh how did that look for you i felt it was it was kind of remarkable and actually sort of eerie the
1: degree to which we all ended up kind of on the same page you know um like you know that whole the elephant problem where you have the, the four blind men and the elephant and they're they're pawing at it and they're saying like, one of them's like, it's a spear and one of them's like it's a door, and the other one's like it's a sail or whatever. And they're they're seeing the same object from different angles, but they're they're not really getting it. Um, we had like a positive variant of that where it became very clear very rapidly that we were all viewing the same abstract object from different angles, and that like the way that ideas propagated around this sort of structure meant that we could all very rapidly converge on on consensus around a couple of different issues. It was sort of eerie, you know? <laughs> like, I've never really seen... I've never seen a group of people that large... I think it was in the region of, like, 70 participants. I've never seen a group of people uh-huh. that large come to such sort of consensus
0: so quickly and so peaceably, you know? Um, and weird and, yeah, I mean f- for the listeners, again, this is a scaled down version, yeah, this of this this is a small version of it, <laughs> yeah, ooh boy, um
1: <laughs> yeah, and like um we we finished up then with a couple of like just said uh, presentations where every every sort of team reamed off their sort of final statement or whatever, and there was a couple of really cool ones falling out of it, where like um there was some stuff about like uh, a project to you know stars to try and like teach this sort of stuff in schools or something like i need to follow up on a lot of this sort of stuff because i mm. i was so i was so wrecked when i got back that i couldn't really um follow up on all this sort of crash. stuff but yeah i mean there was like loads of really loads of really cool stuff falling out of it and like um yeah like really just I, I, just an amazing experience you know
0: yeah well um, I'm sure that will continue to inform future uh, materials on the show um, and uh, there will definitely be follow up uh, possibly some, some guests on here as well and uh, yeah I think that's a good place to leave it so thanks for speaking to your experience mm-hmm. yeah and a nice, uh, nice sort of reversal for the show's format as well yeah <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, um, all right. Well, uh, yeah, I'll do the the outro here uh-huh. as, a, as our new <laughs> custom. <laughs> uh, thanks Thanks for listening, um, and uh, you can find us online at uh, GIA Um You can also follow us on Twitter. I think it's at General IntellectUnit, is that right? It's the other way around.
1: Or is it? Oh, boy. The first one is Twitter, the second one is Facebook. This is what happens when you <laughs> just
0: uh our process we better go better go back to analyzing the the requisite variety for for hosting a podcast um and don't forget the patreon so yeah uh yeah you can (laughs) uh you can find us on twitter at giunitpod or you can check us out online general intellect unit um Uh, And uh, yeah, you can also uh, check us out on Patreon if you want to continue to support uh, interesting projects like this. Um, Hopefully, this discussion has been uh, inspiring um, and it has uh, opened up venues for you to sort of do practical things in your life um, that will contribute to uh, the goals of counter-alienation and sort of... uh, workers empowerment that we like to promote on this show and if if either of those things are true uh, maybe consider um giving us a, a, just a little bit of money to keep things going yeah
1: helps uh, helps play, pay for um trips <laughs> you know um and and get into stafford beer as well just just buy the books
0: go read the cybernetic brain uh, this is this is legitimately awesome stuff absolutely all right well thank you I think that's going to do it for this episode Uh and we'll see you again soon bye